The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, that's right, the Dream Team, on a Thursday morning talking AEW Dynamite with you. And we get into CM Punk and John Moxley, the face-off, and also the news that we're going to see that match not at all out, but next week on free TV on AEW Dynamite on a Wednesday. Also, we get into the return of Kenny Omega. He's back. We talk about it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, what did you think of how Dynamite started? I loved it. I thought CM Punk's promo was brilliant. And how he was saying about, you know, the Kingstons and um, the, the being the third member of a group man uh, or being the, the John I didn't beat in. I've, you'll be the second John that I've beaten in Chicago. It was some zingers. Him going at Hangman Page. Here's the best part of his entire promo was he is saying some heavy, heavy stuff. And he turns to the audience that, yes, that does love him. And then he says, stop me when I'm lying. Because a great baby face or a great person who's commanding an audience, he's telling the truth. And everything that he was saying has truth to it in his mind and how he it, it was. I looked at it like uh I don't want to say like a celebrity roast, but like wrestling jam, if it was a thing, because he is just throwing burns at the guy and you have to sit there and take it and wait for the retort. Trust me. I've been in that situation. I've been in that situation, staring across a microphone with the person I'm staring across in a zoom box right now, bully where he's firing zingers and I have to listen and I have to respond to it quick on the spot and whether, you know, that's none of that is scripted. That's you. I'm thinking, and then you're going to retort back. Moxley's promo was excellent as well because he's firing back. The one thing I would state, do not tell us that you're the heart and soul of anything. They say, I'm the heart and soul of this company. 
you cannot say things like that because then they start to be like, hmm, like Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter didn't say he was the heart and soul of the New York Yankees. He didn't say, well, I'm the captain. You know, this is my team. They voted me the captain, the proverbial they. But once you do that, then it loses its its uh, its importance, and then it could be turned the other way. It's a it's a small little minute thing, but you have to be careful for it because when you have two people that the people like, they'll quickly choose sides. And Bully, the one thing I also disagree with you, I don't view John Moxley as a WWE guy. When he was there as Dean Ambrose, I never thought he fit in. And if I look at your career, like I don't know what I would call you. I don't know if I'd always call you an ECW. Handsome, charming. Oh, those words never come out of my mouth. Very handsome, um, very charming. It, ECW original, yes. You know, most decorated tag team, yes. But I don't associate you with any company, even though you've been in every company. I'm a pioneer. Uh, from, you're a lot of things. They say I'm a pioneer. See, see how I, what I did there? They say I'm a pioneer. <laughs> so... um But I and I do feel that Moxley's more the face of AEW. And it's just, but man, those promos were great. It was live round after live round, and then live round response after live round. But the greatest part about punk, again, stop me when I'm lying. Also thought strong words. Agree. Uh, I really enjoyed the opening of Dynamite last night. I love them both on the microphone. However, I wish Moxley went, would have went a different direction. See, in a war of words and a battle of wits on the stick, especially if you didn't discuss it word for word, Punk wins nine out of ten times because Punk is witty and he was telling the truth and he's very, very quick. You could tell one or two times that Punk landed a shot. Like if Punk's words were a left jab or a right hook. He landed two right hooks where Moxley had to really think about what he was going to say next. And then he he resorted to, hey, we all know you needed the money, which is like, well, you took the money too. So, you know, let's not talk about money here. You're both making a gazillion dollars off of Tony. So I, if I'm Moxley, I put Punk right out of his comfort zone. And when you get that close, I would have never bumped him with my chest. I would have shoved him right on his ass. And then I would have looked down on him and said, now what? The proverbial, now what? Just something completely different that you don't see coming. And then Punk might have had to get up slow and hit him with another line, or they could have came to fisticuffs. But Moxley's not winning the war of words. By the way, and, you sounded like you were straight out standing outside a salami store when you said they got a gazillion dollars from Tony. They <laughs> got a gazillion dollars. They're they're outside of Stracciatelli's over there. Give me a gabagol sandwich. <laughs> Bully, is next week dynamite the biggest dynamite in AEW history? I would say that's to my recollection, unless you guys can prove me wrong. It's the biggest main event that they have, but that's also subjective. Some people could say that there are other main events that they 
uh, they believe might have been bigger main events. I, I said earlier, these are two former WWE megastars. Was, Mo was Moxley a world heavyweight champion in WWE? Yes. Dave, yes or no? I, I mean, Tommy said yes. I know he was a U.S. champion. I'm not sure if he was. A Tommy, world he was champion. definitely a heavyweight champion. I thought he was. All right, he might be. But. Two mega names from the WWE, now AEW, two of the biggest stars in AEW, world champion, interim champion, head to head. I mean, I don't know what else we could possibly write down to make this, to give the perception that this is a bigger main event, especially after the promos and the physicality we saw last night. So, yeah, if if not the biggest main event in Dynamite history, one of the top two or three biggest main events in uh, Dynamite history or and, and AEW way, history, period. And by the way, Moxie was a former world champion. Tommy, biggest AEW dynamite in history? Well, then I got to think about Jericho Moxley. I got to think of that advertised barbed wire match. Um, here's why it's the biggest one. Because they told us it is as they were going off the air. And they reiterated it a bunch of times, the announcers. Good point. So when you're telling me something and, you know, a Paul Heyman 101 do not lie to your audience. So because they're telling us, and that could be another thing that I'd like to talk about after we go to, because there's other things that, and like, there's, there's a big roll of the dice for some reason and want to talk about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, well, I want to isolate that comment. There's a big roll of the dice for some reason. When I hear that, I hear the first word that comes to mind is desperation. Is that what you mean? No. Um, there's either something on the back burner or like I said, why do you mess up something that's perfect? Neither guys are hurt. So it, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's, so you're saying good. Tommy to set up for all out. You're saying they have, they yes. have a huge plan for all out September. You talked 4th. about Hulk Hogan Goldberg, correct? Yes. Okay. When was their pay-per-view after I'd that? Have, yeah. I have exactly. to go back and look. Yeah. There wasn't. No, but what I'm saying is like, how far away was the next pay-per-view? It was, oh. it, it's, this could be like so historic in this company's um, history. It's either going to be, this is where they jumped the shark or this is where it was just full throttle, you know, balls to the wall, you know, th foot on the jugular and we're going. But when you say jump the shark, Tommy, you know, that's, it's, a, it's almost like desperation because happy days was desperate for ratings. And what did they do? Well, Fonzie's going to jump a shark. I don't something. think they're desperate for ratings. I think they have all thing. And again, like I, I can't stress enough, like about this, the ratings and I get it. I mean, the dude, they just did. They, Tony was on the show. They've been the highest rated show for the last, what, seven or eight weeks throughout yeah, the summer the last, when most people aren't watching television. Yeah, I agree with that. Then give and me one logical reason why you would give it away for free. And you hate giving away shit for free. So give me a logical reason why they would do it. I'm, that's what I started with. I don't but know. I think, but, he, I, but I think what Tommy's point is, it's a layer. I, I think to what Tommy's saying, Bully, is that they have something huge planned for all out because why else would you give this match away on free tv and he's right i mean you know they've been the number one show on cable on wednesday nights for the last two months with the exception of the uh met yankee game a few weeks a few weeks ago they've been number one on cable now for months so that's what brings me back to like they must if if they're giving this match away for free next week they must have something monster 
planned for All Out. Also, Busted Open will be at All Out coming up uh, the day before on Saturday. We will be live, myself and Thunder Rosa and Mark Henry, from 1230 to 1.30 at AEW's Fan Fest. Also, we're going to be putting together a big special that will air leading up to the pay-per-view right here on Sirius XM Fight Nation. And also on Sunday, um, I will be at the Pro Wrestling Tees Super Show right across from the arena. So I hope to see a lot of the Busted Open Nation. Uh, Bully and Tommy, I'm hoping the nation shows a lot of those Hydras in Chicago, those LaGreca heads. I hope they go to podswag.com slash Busted Open. Get some Busted Open merchandise, show their colors. Uh, All out weekend in Chicago. So looking forward to that. Bully, I agree with Tommy. I really think that they're doing this because it's going to lead to something even bigger at All Out in Chicago, September 4th. Now, Bully, you brought up MJF. I agree with Tommy. MJF comes back. It's going to get a pop. Returns usually do. And MJF has been completely off the grid for quite some time. But I think they have something very, very big planned for All Out in Chicago and whether it's a rematch between Moxley and Punk, Bully, um, I think there's a lot of things that we gotta probably need to look out for next week when we're watching this match. And Tommy, I think you would agree. If they open up with Moxley and Punk, then we know we're most likely going to get a clean finish and there's going to be something in store for Chicago on September 4th. But if this match starts at 9.35, 9.40, then I would have to think we're going to get a non-finish and then we get Moxley and Punk back in the ring in Chicago. But MJF is a name that a lot of fans are bringing up. I, I, I know it's not as big, but people are forgetting. CM Punk completely buried Hangman Page in his promo last night. And I think a lot of fans kind of shrugged it off because they're more concerned about John Moxley. But Tommy, I mean, he buried Hangman Page in that promo to start off that show last night. Uh, he willing to fight him. Another guy who's willing to get that rematch. Um, yeah, when the babyface doesn't answer the call, kind of doesn't uh, help your babyface in kind of sort of his home state. Yeah. I mean, can you remember, guys, that a baby face is in the ring burying another baby face in his hometown? I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, and maybe Hangman Page is going to return the favor to Punk in Chicago. I don't know. But listen, of all the scenarios we've been discussing, let's say somebody was inserted into this Mox Punk storyline whether it's going to turn into a three-way or who's getting another title shot, whatever. Who would you rather have in there, MJF or a Hangman Page? MJF. The Hangman Page experiment with putting the World Heavyweight Championship on him went good. It went good. It wasn't off the charts. It wasn't great. It wasn't fantastic. It was good. It got overshadowed, I believe, by Punk's return. Sure. So you put Hangman Page in a in a scenario in which he can only be good, and your world heavyweight champion got overshadowed, as you said, by a returning superstar. 
or a, a de- yeah, a returning superstar, debuting superstar. When did he come? He came. What? When was uh, Hangman champion? It was last year, and then Punk came back in in August. Came back. Okay. So I, the, putting Hangman back into this picture doesn't really do anything for me, but I do agree with why go out of your way to bury him in his hometown. Why go from cowboy shit to coward shit? Now, if Hangman doesn't answer that coward shit line, now people have to look at him like he's a bit of a bitch. If I'm a Hangman fan, I'm wondering, hey, where were you last night? And if you never answer this, and I think he will, because AEW is good at planting a seed here and not coming back to it for a while. It's kind of like when Sabu used to set up a table in the beginning of a match and then forget about it and come back to it like, you know, 15 minutes later you're sh- and you're shocked because you forgot about it also. So I'm sure they planted a seed with Hangman to do something and they'll get back to it, whether that's next week or in four weeks, who knows? But if I have my choice of in- inserting somebody into this story, whether it's MJ, if they're inserting anybody, whether it's MJF or Hangman, I'm going with MJF all day long. Tommy? Uh, I agree. MJF Punk have that history Uh, again. uh, And I'm not just, I had the perfect match. And in my opinion, I don't think Punk and MJF is as big as title versus title. When your company's mantra is the title means everything is as big as a main event. And if I have all out with all those people there, where do you try to get heat Bubba? in the guy's hometown. You have that moment. A punk goes over at the pay-per-view and then MJF for you were, you paid to, to witness this. And I mean, also you have all the teases of MJF going to be there. Is he going to show up? It's another hook to get people to buy it. And then when he does, and he lays out the, you know, punk in his hometown, it, it's an extra layer of where you can go with this. Can't disagree with that. Yeah, And it's also, I paid for the pay-per-view. I got the pay-per-view. Thank you so much. And then, oh my God, I have somebody's return. If you're thinking storyline-wise, why is MJF going to be awarded a title shot after, number one, what he said to the boss? And number two, he's really not uh, in contention for the title? Neither was Mance Warner. I know, but when... No, 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 no. Don't blow that off. Mance Warner got a title shot against John Moxley. Why? Uh, they did say why, and I don't remember. Why? Because he won the Battle Royal. No, That's they why. did say. <laughs> come on, but but you know, but but also too. I mean, come on, it's pro wrestling. CM Punk after being attacked by by MJF can Champion, say, you know, what what, is it? I'm, champion's I'm, discretion. Yes. So he could say, I no, I don't care who's the number one contender. I'm facing this guy at the pay per view. I mean, yep. he, you know, I mean, that's all you need to do. To, to and Dave, to you feel, that. you feel that uh, CM Punk versus MJF is a bigger main event on a one-week build than Moxley versus Punk with a th- would have been a three-week build. I, I, I didn't, I didn't say that. I still think Moxley and Punk is the bigger match, but I, I do, I think what Bully said is correct. It's the best of both worlds. 
you're going to have Moxley and Punk on free TV, which is going to get people talking shit. We've been talking about it since we started the show today. Like, it's going to get people talking. It's going to get people to tune in. And then you have MJF come out there. That's going to get people talking. And that's going to get people to buy the pay-per-view. Now, I'm with you, Tommy. I'd rather see the classic Punk-Moxley match with this build at the pay-per-view in Chicago. It's the match I want to see. But, man, I really do think this scenario... If if this is the scenario that plays out, it may not be. Who knows what's going right. to happen next week? I think it really is the best of both worlds. You're going to get people to tune in to Dynamite next Wednesday, and you're going to make that hardcore fan base pay for that pay-per-view on September 4th. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast, In Conversation, every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Visser, my hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Tommy, Kenny Omega is back. And man, the crowd absolutely love to see him. And I, I got to be honest, it was pretty cool hearing Don Callis back as well, Tommy. Yes. Uh, Don Callis adds great commentary, though. I don't think anybody on the commentary team actually likes Don Callis. Um, but seeing Kenny Omega come back, very, very happy to see uh, him of the young bucks, that whole build to who's going to be their partner. And once they said it wasn't going to be hangman page, it was like, well, it has to be Kenny. And thankfully it was Kenny. Um, I loved watching Kenny. I miss Kenny. I'm the biggest Kenny Omega fan. Uh, hopefully, he they kept on bringing it back. He looked crisp as can be, but they were talking about, you know, he's got all these injuries, all these uh, things going on with his body. Obviously, he's not in the shape that he wants to be in because he pulled the I'm wearing a Tommy Dreamer shirt to cover up my physique. He also had some sort of shoulder thing going on. So uh, hopefully he can continue to fight and get in shape. If you follow him on his Instagram, you see he's uh, hard at work doing stuff like that. So uh, again, glad to see him back. His work did not miss a beat. He's actually able to sell some stuff even more so now, which will give him actual longevity even more so. 
Um, I, I thought exactly the same way. Good to see Kenny back. All that good stuff. Agree with Tommy. Um, maybe a little too soon for Kenny to be back. I asked you guys before the show if you've ever seen Kenny wrestle with a shirt on. You both said no. So obviously, physique-wise, he's not where he wanted to be. Had that shoulder brace thingy on, still a little banged up. Uh, with Kenny being such a huge part of AEW, don't want to put him in any kind of situations where he can re-injure himself quickly or one injury leads to another. But he was back. People were super excited to see him over to the moon, yada, yada. Structure of the match, I would have liked to have seen them do something differently. I would have saved Kenny for the comeback. I would have saved Kenny for the hot tag. I thought they brought Kenny Omega in way too early in the match. I would have built that up to a fever pitch so that when uh, Kenny eventually got the tag, you would have thought it was like Ricky tagging Robert in a match against the Midnight Express. think they could have structured it just a little differently and then backloaded the whole match. Anything that you saw Kenny do early on, he could have done after the hot tag and then they could have rolled with it into the one-winged angel. So all good stuff. Would have saved the hot tag for Kenny and shined them up all the way at the end and really made it mean something. I was a little surprised they tagged him in as early as they did. Uh, maybe being a part of like the trios championship, you know, as Tommy said earlier, we're going to see the finals at all out. So maybe, so maybe bully him being a part of a trios championship could be a, a good way to get him back to the Kenny Omega fold. Like we've seen in the past. Sure, because you can you can hide him in six mans. Okay, yeah. let him. I mean, no matter how great you are in this industry, rust will always set into it to a degree. Did we see any rust on Kenny last night? Very, very little, but it's always there. Um, and I'm sure if you would ask Kenny, you know, personally, hey, were you super uh, happy with your with your performance last night? He'd probably be like, I could have done this better. I could have done this better because we're all very hard on ourselves uh, in that ring. Um, yes, I understand it was a trios. You have to do some, you know, three man spots together. I think they could have backloaded it, but it is definitely a better way to get Kenny back in the mix than just throwing him in there after a year being uh, on the shelf for a year in singles matches. Yeah. I mean, his work didn't miss a beat. And, and like, you know, you say it, it was Stevie Richards who said a long, long time ago, if you never wore a shirt and then you start wearing a shirt, you're kind of telling people like a, you're not comfortable what your body looks like, or you're out of shape. I don't think he's out of shape. Um, I just don't think he's comfortable for what he looks like in his own mind. But that will come because the guy has had, you have a neck issue, you have a shoulder issue, you have a knee issue. It's a lot of things you can and cannot do. Cardio. I mean, it is a lot of diet. Kenny does have a lot of pride in his body, and but is also his body of work speaks for himself. Uh if you, I always think of the greatest Roddy Piper. When Roddy Piper came back, there was a time where his belly was so, so big. He was out of shape and brother still was sporting trunks because your work will always speak the most volumes for you. Then there was another time where he was in shape and thinner, still those same trunks. That generation did that because they knew their, their body of work spoke for themselves. ECW comes along, we invent t-shirts and the rest is history. But there, there's all new 
it's really for what he feels the most comfortable with. And obviously he didn't, it's not a big thing to hang on, but that the brace thing that he had on his shoulder, Hey, that is one thing, you know, don't know if he had tape underneath that. Don't know the severity of his injuries. I mean, Don was putting it over the shoulder, the neck. Yeah. We, every wrestler has all those issues. And you think about the, the matches that he has been having throughout his career, of course, they're going to take a toll on it, but his in-ring work friggin' was great craziness at the end of that trios match last night i mean out of control i i'm kind of torn on it but i go back and for those who don't know what i'm talking about after the match was over and the young bucks and kenny omega got the victory andrade and roosh attacked dragon lee pulling off the mask of dragon lee and then immediately you know they had to sign off because it was the end of the show And the first thing I thought of, Bully, was the conversation you and I had last week when we were talking about the NWA and Georgia Championship Wrestling, where the show would always end in some kind of like Pier 6 brawl or melee in the ring. And they're like, we're out of time. We got to go. And then you're like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? And But it made you tune in the next week to find out what happened. I, I was like, holy shit, did they just listen to our conversation that Bully and I were having on Busted Open? Because it really reminded me of circa 1983 on Georgia Championship Wrestling. Well, of course, they, they listened to our conversation. They all listen, but whatever, you know, all wrestling companies listen to what we have to say here on the show. Unfortunately, I thought it was done uh, just a little bit too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't understand why it was done. Did Andrade turn on Dragon Lee because Dragon Lee lost the match? Did something else happen? Did I miss something? I mean, Kenny catches the one-winged angel on Dragon Lee, gets the one, two, three. Was Andrade maybe upset with Dragon Lee because he shook Kenny Omega's hand before the match? I mean, I guess we'll have to find out, uh, you know, tune in and find out what the motivation was for the turn and for the mask to come off. But... I'm like, remember when we were watching Georgia Championship Wrestling and something would go down at the end of the show? You're like, oh my God, that was normally with pretty big name stars where you were genuinely emotionally invested, where you had to tune in the next week. I I really don't care why Andrade did what he did to Dragon Lee. I'm interested, like, if I find out from you guys next week or if it's, it's, it's online or if they say it on Dynamite, okay. But it's not like, it's not earth shattering to me as to why they did it. So if you're going to go off, like they went off in judge championship wrestling back in the day, I would probably save that for the bigger names where you're like, Oh my God, I have to tune in next week to see what happened. What do you think, Tommy? When you're looking at your show and you're looking at priority bully kind of already said it Georgia championship wrestling. If this was back in the day, Kenny gets his, arm raise the young bucks get the arm raise and then all of a sudden can the young bucks double super kick kenny and what the hell then you go off the air because priority wise kenny omega's return kenny omega and the young bucks advance and a happy moment supersedes anything else on that show to say goodbye also no offense Excuse me, just choked on my tongue. No offense to Dragon Lee. This AEW universe, we don't know him that much. He's not super invested. 
This is the first time the three of these people are wrestling together. It's true. And then they turned on each other. And it was such a rush. That's a big deal in Mexico. And I'm so happy because I said this last night, man, I'm so happy. I've always been a fan of, of Lucha. And I'm so happy. Like there's so much Lucha representation uh, across every platform in wrestling because it wasn't that way. I'm going to put him over. Paul Heyman, ECW, brought that to the forefront. But what I'm saying is they don't, you have to prioritize. Kenny returning with the Young Bucks is the biggest thing that could happen. I don't care if they pulled off the dude's pants in the middle of the ring, it doesn't matter. That supersedes everything. You know, when you do it the next week, or you do like, hey, something's I'm in the ring. And then that's a nice opportunity to build someone like a Dragon Lee, or if you're going to put um, Andrade and Roosh together, who I think are amazing. I think all three of those guys are amazing. If you're going to put all of them together, you do that next week. And it, the uh, that was another moment where like, and I'm coming off of the bafflement of Moxley and Punk. And then I also, and I have to like, again, when you prioritize things, the, the Ricky Steamboat throwing a chop, that happens in front of a live audience. So you get that reaction. I haven't seen Ricky Steamboat do physicality since forever. Since so it's the last a, time he touched, touched Jericho 15 years ago. Yeah. Correct. And if you do that, every, the backstage, nothing. You do that. I don't care if it's, if obviously if there's no medical issue because he was able to do that, he did that same thing out there live at the table where he is. And he goes, that place explodes. That's a lost moment. So you, that's a lost moment. And then, and I don't give a shit moment. Cause again, and it's nothing against dragon Lee cause he is over and I love him, but nobody cares about it yet. Nobody cares about him. Correct. You said it. Nobody cares about him yet. I'm at the unmasking. Right. So those were like, I had three moments of God, that was such a great show. Like, but then why did this not happen? Or why did that happen? It could have been perfect and it's there and you did it. But again, prior priorities and prioritize. And, and there's so many times I always say like, let something breathe let this turn happen because, Hey, you know, we Jericho may lose a member of his Jericho appreciation society. There's a lot of things happening, which that is your breathe moment. Then also, Oh, now I have a, a complete turn that just got thrown away. Oh, and by the way, Ricky, the dragon steamboat, who's one of the best wrestlers of all time, got to throw a chop. You, well, I you think want to talk, more, you oh, want to talk oh. about, hold on, Dave, you want to talk about letting things breathe and throwing them away. What the hell happened last night with the gun club segment? Oh yeah, that, that happened too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Billy Gunn's two sons turn on him, beat him down. Here come the acclaimed, the sons bail, and all of a sudden Billy Gunn is back up doing scissors with the acclaimed. Like, did he not care that his own sons just turned on him? Well, he's very angry to me. It, it was done so fast and it was forced and it was didn't have a chance to breathe. I know, but but again, I think that's fun, though. What? But but I think it is. Scissoring is fun, but I think I mean I mean yeah. Well, I mean scissoring can be fun, but 
But I think to your point, like that was a significant moment. I'm actually looking forward to what's going to happen next, especially with the acclaimed. But that's one of those segments that it goes from one segment to the next segment. There's there's not enough time to digest it or the commentators to talk about it. And you guys are both right with Ricky Steamboat. Like they let Ricky Steamboat get the pop of him being the timekeeper of the match. But he was face-to-face with Chris Jericho. As you said, Bully, the last time we ever saw Ricky Steamboat wrestle was against Chris Jericho. That's a pretty significant moment. They were face-to-face. So it's in a backstage segment with the Jericho Appreciation Society and Tony Schiavone. But imagine if Jericho and Steamboat are face-to-face in the middle of the ring in front of a live audience. Like, you would have had you know, 10,000 people on their feet going ape shit. Cause that's Ricky Steamboat and that's Chris Jericho. Those are two of the greatest of all time. And oh yeah, the last Steamboat moment was with Chris Jericho. That's a significant moment that I believe, like you guys just said, should have been in front of that audience last night. Uh, I completely agree. I think it was a wasted uh, moment backstage and I didn't like the execution of it the way the kid grabbed Ricky Steamboat's um, uh, throat middle of the ring Tommy is 1000% correct and once again um, one of the things that AEW can, can 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 try to do a better job of is letting things breathe and, and while they breathe make more sense The gun club segment last night really bothered me because I don't know why Billy Gunn would just be back on his feet celebrating with the acclaimed when his two sons just turned on him. But they didn't even let that breathe. It's, 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 you know, what? after you hit a home run, you get to run the bases. And it's almost like home run derby where you're just having home run after home. You got to give it a little time to run the bases to get the commentators to talk about the home run that was just hit. And those people wanted to celebrate with the Bucks and Kenny last night. I would have went off the air with the Bucks and Kenny all standing tall in the ring. Maybe each one of them standing on a turnbuckle, whole plate, you know, shoot that hard, show that whole arena. Like, I I just think that that happy moment, as Tommy was saying earlier, was, was completely thrown away because they decided to go off the air with a turn on a guy that people have no emotional investment in. Busted Open is a part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Early. The digital producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Fight Nation's program director is Eddie Brasilli, or as we call him, Big Boss Man Eddie Brasilli. Marissa Reeves is the director of sports podcast. A special thanks to senior vice president of sports and podcast, Steve Cohen. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.